The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Jacob Ageli, a junior at Vanderbilt University. He talks about his childhood, moving around so much, coming to Vanderbilt, and finding what he loves to do. God keeps showing me over and over that, like, whatever he's watching over me and whatever plan he has for wherever I'm going turns out to be something that I'm 100% okay with. So I'm kind of just used that philosophy to, like, you know, place trust in him with all this. This week on Belonging, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where a show that provides guidance to young adults as they journey through life and continue to grow in their faith. Father Javon, the chaplain at University Catholic, uh, joins us each week. My name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee and here to go through life with you. Our guest this week is Mr. Jacob Ageli, a student at Vanderbilt University. Jacob Ageli. Uh, Jacob, pleasure to have you on the show this week. Uh, Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself right now. Uh, How old are you for everyone listening and, and, and where are you at right now in life? Uh, Yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm a junior at Vanderbilt University studying mechanical engineering and minoring in engineering management and scientific computing. I've been involved in UCAT since I really picked up my sophomore year, and that's been a huge part of my formation process in college and now as I figure out what I'm trying to do with the rest of my life. Wow, so... You don't have it all figured out yet, huh? Not even <laughs> Tell us about what you said for your major. That was so, that was, that was a lot of like, words. That's smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell, give us a brief little synopsis on what you're studying and, and maybe why. Uh, I've always been, um, I you know, I hated like writing in high school. I was always like, give me more math, you know? So I was like, engineering sounded like a good track. I got into mechanical engineering, started to enjoy it. Um, and I just kind of picked up scientific computing as a minor on a whim. But that kind of led me to just an interest in like, computational modeling that I'm trying to carry forward into like my actual career goals. So it's been all over the place, but I'm enjoying these hard non non liberal arts classes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what you like, I guess. And where does that, where would that lead somebody hypothetically? Like where, where do you kind of see yourself um, going? And that's kind of like a family reunion question. Like, Hey buddy, what are you doing? But anyway, what are you yeah. do when you grew up with all those titles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly, don't know you're kind of figuring it out some probably go work somewhere in tech maybe defense contracting i don't know wow i mean you just don't hear that every day i don't know that kind of blew me away Uh, but here you are at vanderbilt where did you come from where where did you grow up yeah uh that's uh i've been a couple places so i come from a navy family Mm -hmm. um i was born in um southern virginia but i was in rhode island when i was little i grew up most of like elementary school in san diego california um then middle school, I moved overseas to Guam for a couple of years. And then I've been in um, the D.C. area ever since then. 
are you serious? And how, how was this for you growing up? Would you use the word easy at all? Or did you get used to anything or? It honestly, it wasn't bad. Like some military families that we know, like they moved every two years and we got lucky where we had like, you know, we had six years here. We had like okay. a good stretch here. Like it was, it was not that bad. Wow. So we, did, did it feel like you were starting over as a, as a child every time? Or like you said, I guess you had a longer period of time you were saying. With... I mean, I lucked out because my sisters, it was like they're in the middle of their school year. They have to move. And for me, it's like just finished middle school, move, just finished elementary school, move. So I was going to transition anyways. It was you know? kind of perfect timing. Yeah, I struck it. Yeah. Okay. And then tell us about, the, for, for, for those, okay, this is just for me. Guam, Guam is where again? Where is yeah. that? <laughs> that was my question. That's a great question. Um, Approximately between Hawaii and the Philippines. Oh, love the Philippines. <laughs> but, uh, um, so what was that like? Was that a culture shock or the food and everything? It was different. I mean, I came from California, so I was used to being like 90 degrees every day. But um, way more palm trees, way more coral reefs, like right offshore, like... You know, people go snorkeling on Christmas. That's what you do on Guam. You oh, know? bummer. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> no, I want to go to Guam now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounds right. What about the language? Was that was that different there? Uh, they speak English. They Some people speak the native language tomorrow, but, like, I was on the, a military base, so everyone mm-hmm. there, like, was from the United States mainly. Oh, okay. And did you try, last question, the food, did you experiment at all, or did you? Were you they have some really good food, yeah. Uh, I don't know, just, like red rice and spare ribs and all this stuff that like you think about a barbecue that probably has a lot of like butter and vinegar making it taste really good like, you know <laughs> it's good oh you do you do have to move there father i guess to try all the cooking and all and hey, see at least visit i'm not sure about moving there forever but visit for as soon as covid is gone we can yeah. start driving i can't wait vacation well so what, what brought you to vanderbilt exactly how did that kind of come up for you to come to nashville uh yeah so by the end of my um by the end of high school, I knew I wanted to go into engineering. Um, Vanderbilt was a good engineering school, and it was in the South, because, I mean, growing up in all these hot climates, I was like, if I go to Boston or Chicago, I'm going to freeze to death. <laughs> I'm not going to Minnesota, you know? So um, once I looked at it, and um, it was, like, in the middle of a city, you know, like, had, like, all SEC sports, like, all that fun draw stuff that yeah. for college. And once I visited the campus, I just really fell in love. Like, it was beautiful, and the other campuses I visited just didn't strike me in such in this quite the same way. Mm. And we're lucky to have a lot of your, your fellow classmates and all the focused missionaries come on here and talk about what, what kind of drew them to the, to the, 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 their faith in college through UCAT. And what was it for you transitioning? You said it was your sophomore year that it, something kind of clicked for you. Yeah. My first, that's so my freshman <clears throat> year. I, I was a cradle Catholic, you know, I came looking for some sort of Christian, if not Catholic community. Mm-hmm. And I kind of tried everything. Like I went to like, six different ministries in the fall of my freshman year like really? all over the place like just trying things out i went to like some ucat small groups and i came to mass all the time but i was like not very plugged in even though i, I was in a bible study a little bit end of my freshman year but like i didn't come to things i didn't know people it wasn't like i didn't want to be a part of it um and mm. oddly enough i joined a fraternity <laughs> and um and most people that's like the opposite experience like you know you join a fraternity that's like where rock goes downhill but that actually brought me close to my faith because um, one of the guys i was really close in with that um was very involved in university Catholic, started bringing me to things, inviting me to things, and um, really drew me in and pushed me to grow in my faith a lot. Wow. So it's other people that are kind of, dr- sometimes you do it on your own, but you, you needed the help from other people to say, hey, yeah, just having this personal invitation or like just someone like, if I go to this event, I know this person will be there and like, you know, stuff like that. Mm, so you really, you've really found the community with, with other, I guess, the young men and just all, all people in, in the Catholic community. You just fell in love with it. Yeah, it's yes. been a process. It's over time. Yeah, there's so many people in it, and I definitely don't know a lot of them as well as I should, but it's great to, like, form those relationships and all that. 
Mm. And is that how it was growing up to you? I guess moving around every few years, like would you, was your family always like, let's get up for church on Sunday or how, how was it for you? How was your faith growing up? Uh, you were definitely, yeah. Like every Sunday, you know, get up, go to church, make pancakes afterwards. Like, you know, like classic oh, yes. Catholic family, you know, um, I had a strong church community, um, when I was like really little in like California, um, Guam, for some reason, all the Navy people in Guam are Catholic. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> it is a nice coincidence. Like, Hey, I go to school with these people. I live next to them. Um, but when I moved back to DC area, we didn't really have a single parish that I went to all the time. There were like three that we would like hop around between each week. So I didn't really form a close community there. And I really didn't know, have any idea what that looked like until I came to college. Mm. And so going, going back to college, it sounds like there's a lot of good people there. Like he's mentioned the guy in his fraternity that are recruiting people and, uh, and kind of scouting them out and bringing them say, Hey, be here on a, on a, this night of the week or, or for Sunday night mass. Uh, are, are you seeing a lot of people bringing, uh, other college students with them? To, to the community and, and to mass to be yeah, involved. I think it's, yeah, I think for us it's like that we talked a lot, you know, personal invitation. You know, if I, it's just like when you go to this nice restaurant and you say, yes, this is the best food and you, you know, go and, you know, we always talked about food, but, you know, <laughs> go go back to, you, you know, it's like, hey, I just going to, you have to go there, it's great yeah. food and you talk about, so it's kind of the whole, the whole thing, you know, like, hey, I, I found this community. Mm. You know, I feel it's like, I think it was the gospel last week or whatever, you know, like, hey, come and see, you know. Mm. We found, I think it was yesterday's gospel. We found, yeah, we found like the yesterday. Lord. You know, we found the Lord. Wow. Come and see. Hey, we found the Messiah. Come and see. So you you know? got to yeah. invite people. And how, we were talking in the last interview about just your time there. How, how many years have you been there now? Has it been three or four? Or? Two years now. Did you say it's Jeff's two? Or two three? years, yes, my second wow. year. So. It feels like it's been a long time, but it I, was, does. I was wondering Sometimes, how much yeah. you've seen, if you've Even seen a whole you graduating have, class. Yeah, but. if you ask the kids, hey, it's too long. No, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think it's kind of for us, is that opportunity to see people growing, you know. Was it what you expected? It's, it's, it's amazing to see you fall in love with it and all the students you bring in here, but was it what you expected, like, at all, so, or is it more? Uh, what happened was, uh, two years ago, uh, about this time of the year, there was a student. There was a student of mine at Father Ryan, that was in a university, and uh, one of his uh, fraternity brothers uh, committed suicide. So it was really hard for him to kind of process and everything. So I called him and said, "Hey, buddy, you know, I'm checking on you. How you doing?" He's like, "I said, do you want me to go there? He spent a couple of days, and he said, you know, I would love to have somebody that I know and trust to be here with me to process this.' So." The next morning, got a plane and went to see him and spent a week there. And then on that time, I got, you know, I went to a couple of the uh, campus ministry stuff that they did there, you know, masses. And it was like some kind of like, what we do here, Sunday supper. But I think it was like a Monday night or something like that. And I was like, and you know, I'm praying. I was like, you know, I, this might be something that I would love to do. Mm. And it kind of. You know, put that on the back of my my mind, and then at that, that time it was when Father Fi was both at St. Anne's and University of Catholic. So mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, Bishop, uh, is University of Catholic going to be a position open?" He's like, "Yes. Why do you ask?" I was like, "Well, you know, this last week I spent this week in this you know this college, and I think that that would be something that I would you know really like to do." And he's like, hmm, you know, and then that was February two years ago. And then, you know, when the priest uh, 
changing around kind of started to happen. And it's like, <laughs> hey, remember that conversation that we had? It's like, yes. So I, I think that was, you know, was a good fit. I think that, you know, for us as priests, whenever you go, you bring your own talents, and, you know, yeah. for the time. And I think that was a good you know, a good fit for University Catholic and, you know, kind of shaking things a little bit around and, you know. So, I mean, it worked well. Mm. I, I hope so. They should keep me there. So. <laughs> well, it's neat seeing just how much they they love you with the community, especially on, like, social media, all the fun you have. It's because I don't bring the people who hate me here. <laughs> <laughs> I should bring, start to bring the ones who hate me. That's hilarious. I had a teacher in the same year, a professor. He said, you know, in the parish, 10% of, 10% of the people are going to love you. Ten percent of the people are gonna hate you. Eighty percent of people who don't care who you are as long as you say mass today on oh. Sunday. So I was like, okay. Jeez. So as long as I'm with ten percent of haters, I'm good. It's that's a good a, number. That's a perspective to put it on. <laughs> it, I, I love seeing all, all the pictures that, of that Versace house. I guess the group community place. How much time do you spend over there just having fun and and seeing everybody and just enjoying the community with either father or other, other classmates? I probably spend less time there than. The average person, but like I still make good use of like you know having a kitchen there where you can just like cook things, having a chapel where you can just like go and pray at all times of day, like naps on the couch, you know, like all, all sorts of places. Good place to study as well. Yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. It's one of the things that you know, like some of those catchphrases that we use is a home away from home, you know. Yeah. But it's kind of it's not that we made that, you know. That's how kind of most of the students feel this is my home away from home so you know some of them have some containers of food in the fridge with their names and you know they have a espresso maker and you know like two dishwashers there's always I, I basically see school. all kitchen pictures and videos from you of like this is who's cleaning up and all yeah that. you know but it's funny because when I first got there, you know, the kitchen was in a really bad shape. And I'm sure you remember oh, that, yeah. Jacob. Oh, you know, it was oh, like gosh. the stove was broken. I mean, it was just like, and I was like, and I like to cook. So I came to the diner and said, this is as hard as so we need to do. You know, he's like, yeah. okay, father, okay, father. And like, what do you want? It's like, and then I just like dream big, you know, it's like, I want this. It was like, okay, father. And they gave it to me. So I was like, okay. So, you know, we are really blessed to have like a, awesome kitchen that and it's needed you know we every sunday we cook for about 100 to 80 people uh, 80 to 100 people get out are you yeah. serious so sunday supper yeah, yeah. jeez i remember dude i didn't realize it was 80 or 100 though yeah so it's it's, <laughs> it's growing so you know we need a place you know we need commercial grade stuff you know ovens and so that's what we got right there Wow, yeah. quick tangent. Is it gas stove? It is a gas. Of oh. course, it's oh a gas my stove. Gosh. Okay. Uh, that I'm was sad. one of the things like, I went again. It was an electric stove, and I was like, I can't cook on that for 100 <laughs> people. So it is a gas stove. So that's a, a it's a six burners plus oh a grito. So. Okay, I'm so happy right now. Okay, here we go. Back to the topic. <laughs> but as, as fun as it seems like you're having uh, towards the end of college here um, and just and spilling the community. Um, does it ever get tough at some points? Like in the last interview, we talked with your friend Megan about how there's sometimes when you don't want to be there, but you still have to kind of make an effort at it. What are some challenges that you've had or, or that you still face? I feel like my involvement in the community has like, it's still on its uphill climb. Like I hadn't started going to daily mass until like a year ago. And mm -hmm. now like this is the first semester where I'm going there every day. So for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm committing to like making a routine and I'm just following through with it. Um, I definitely, it's hard to balance with my terrible schedule. Like, I am a person who, like, struggles with, like, razor-thin margins of, like, being late to things all the time. But, like, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, I've I've kind of discovered that like you know at the beginning when I first got involved, maybe I was here to like make friends or something like that, or like you know be a witness to like the other people in my fraternity community or whatever. But like over time, it's just like I, the reason I keep coming back is just for Jesus, you know. And mm. as long as I have that, um, it doesn't really matter how I feel about being there. Like I know I'm gonna be there, and I'm just gonna follow through with it because. That's what he wants me to do, and that's what I want to do, you know? Wow. Yesterday, Jacob was in the kitchen uh, on the dining room table, and he has, like, his computer with all the math in it. And I look at him and said, Jacob, remember, Jesus is always the answer. He's like, thank you, Father. And then just <laughs> As he's doing his homework or whatever. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. The, the con- I always think to myself that the concept of a daily mass might be foreign to some people, like, the fact even going on Sundays, it's just kind of like a, a, a habit, and maybe on like a, a holy day if there's one during the week. But how does that, how has that changed your life and 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 who you are as a person? Like you, you said, it is something you just started doing a year ago. But is it just a constant staring in your heart? Like this is where I have to be, want to be, and I guess maybe now have to be in, in the afternoons or the evenings to um, be part of daily mass. Yeah, a lot of the like reason I go is just from what I've observed. Like I've seen other people who do this every day, and they're like. Once I started doing this, it changed my life. And I'm like, I want some of that. Like, I'm going to do what he's doing, you know. Um, adoration also, like, was a huge part of, like, me getting more involved in the sacraments. And um, maybe last semester, the semester before, like, I would always have adoration right after lab. So I'd come there at, like, my emergency level stress state. Like, I just get finished this report, like, <laughs> negative one minutes before it was due. Like, you know, I'm freaking out. And I get to adoration, and it's, like, the intense, like, it's just a total dramatic shift and there's so much rest to just be had there. And just like, wow, I'm so happy to be here with Jesus and like not be doing that. And like, I could do this all day and like, I want more of this, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I definitely started college where I was like, you know, Oh my gosh, I can't go pray for an hour. Like I don't want to do the rosary every day. And then I once I started doing it. I was just like, this is fine. This feels good. Like I want to do more of it. I don't know. Mm. So that's one of my favorite parts, I guess you're saying is that you, you just kind of, find a, a place to rest there. And then that's one of my favorite quotes is that our, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Oh God. And is that, yeah. is that what you're kind of bringing to it is like, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff at school on my mind, but if I just go here and sit and, and let it all go, that's, that's where I can find my peace. Yeah. Like I feel like so a lot of what happens in my life is like there, I, just, I rely on a lot of wisdom and serendipity to like get through that. And if I didn't go to, if I wasn't taking the sacraments, I don't think I would have that there. I think I would be, I kind of use it as a point of direction, I guess, in my in my week. You, you see the, the joy in, in finding the Eucharist and, and, and reconciliation, but you see it as something, it, it almost feels like your day is kind of a little bit empty and missing without it, I bet, sometimes. If, if for some reason it slips, you're like, gosh, I can really tell something's missing in, in my heart. Yeah, some days mm. it's like, oh, whatever, but some days it's like, oh, man, yeah, I, I, I can see it, you know. Mm. Well, ju- just by meeting you for the first uh, part of this day here, if, it seems like you're a very fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. Like that's, a <laughs> fantastic that's, description. that's so funny. That you say razor thin margins, <laughs> negative one minutes will do or something. But like, so what do you think about like yourself, where you are now? And do you think about much like where you might be in the future at the end, at the end of school and in those after college years? A little bit. I feel like a lot of it is still out of my control. And I feel like what I've gotten from college is I've figured out what I want to study. I've figured out how to connect to people better. I've like figured out how important Jesus is in my life. And I feel like those like that combination will like help me wherever I go. So I mean, after college, I'm kind of just like, you know, I'll try to enter the workforce, see if I like my job, decide if I want to go back to school and I'll just fly by the seat of my pants really. Yeah, which is a good way to live life. But I'd say, I think it's like switch on the middle with the population. Half of them are one of strict, 
just even the last guest, she's one of the, she likes a strict schedule and like have it, have it all planned out. And then there's the other half where you kind of like wing it sometimes, but like, how, how do you deal with, I guess, not worrying about that or not having anxiety? Like, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but what do you do to, to find, to find peace to say, you know what, it's all going to be all right in a few years. I know something's going to work out. Yeah, it's for me, it's really just about trusting God that he has a plan that for my life that's better than whatever I have. Because like so many situations in college, I tried to do something and I thought it was going to work out and it worked out something totally different. But it was never worse, you know, like I feel like I'm living the best life I could ask for. And that if I had like planned this out myself, I would not be in as good of a place, you know. So I just God keeps showing me over and over that like whatever he's watching over me and whatever plan he has for wherever I'm going turns out to be something that I'm 100 percent OK with. So. I'm kind of just use that philosophy to like, you know, place trust in him with all this. Wow. It's pretty amazing that you do that for my, my dad always tells me uh, all the things you worry about never come true. And for me personally, I'm a bad, I'm a bad decision maker. Like I can, I can narrow things down, but when it comes to deciding like where I'm, where I'm going to be either either tomorrow uh, upcoming for professional life or when you think a year in the future or a few years, um, sometimes I, I freak out and I think, well, I have no idea what what I'm going to do. And then I, I try to compare myself to others thinking like how minuscule my problems are to maybe someone who's has more responsibility than me. Um, I, I'm thinking of you right now, father. I don't know. Does that, do you just freak out sometimes? Like, wow, there's a lot of people looking at me for you, cat. What am I supposed to do to keep things moving and moving forward and keep people involved? Do I think it just was either St. John the 23rd or St. Uh, Paul the 6th. You know, at one point at night, say, Lord, this is your church. Take care. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> you know, sometimes, I sometimes I say, you know, you know, you know even, the, even the Lord took seven days to create the word. So I'm going to go to bed. And I think it's a lot of the serenity prayer, you know, Lord, give me the opportunity to know the things that I can change. Mm. You know, the courage to accept the things that I can change and the reason to know the difference between them. Mm. I, I think that, you know, I've been learning is that, your cat is not mine, belongs to the Lord. Wow. And he wants that to work, you know? And it's not that he needs me because there are many other priests that are more, uh, more, uh, have more talents than I do, but he wants to work through me. So I think if we live our lives in that way, you know that whole thing, do everything as if dependent of you and allow, you know, know that everything depends on the Lord. So if you go on that way, do your best, you know, it's just like, is this your best? Yes. Okay, good. Wow. And then, you know, a lot, and because, you know, the Lord has, you know, has plans for us that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 10 years ago, I was, so, it's kind of weird, 10 years ago, you know, 11 years ago, I was selling sushi in Brazil, you know, and here oh, I am today, Lord. you know, and, and I remember one day, I was in a religious uh, uh, congregation, you know, I had this really intense prayer, uh, you know, the Lord promised that I was going to live in the United States. And I was like, and then I started to make my plans because I heard that from the Lord. Like, yes, this, you know, this community is opening a house in the U.S. So, yes, of course, I speak English. Yes, I'm going to be there. I mean, no, <laughs> you know, yes, mm-hmm. his promise was fulfilled, but not in the way that I was expecting. Mm. So that's kind of what we have to be open to God's will. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think I think that's a that really is a powerful comparison to me. That think that like in our own way we all have our own responsibilities. How like you said that UCAT is not yours; it's it's God. And I think I think that with all my responsibilities too that come up when I want to do my best at something or when I get overwhelmed, 
with this show, for example, or um, with, uh, I prepare music for at church on the weekends. And I think like I have to keep doing so much, so much, so much. And, um, and we do that, have, like, it's you, know, you have responsibility. Yeah, we like have to do uh, and, and Yes, we have to. It's not that we're going to be like irresponsible or anything like that. <laughs> but at one point it's like, I can't control this. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's beyond my control, you know. Like last week, it was no. I mean, I can't do. We were gonna have an event on last Monday. We can't because it's, it's no. Weather, yeah, you know. And then we have to cancel and postpone the event. And then I have to be okay. To, well, okay. And then last this Monday, last Monday we had a, this event with forty people. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. But if if it was my west, I wouldn't do this because this is the there. Maybe we didn't have that many people, you know. Mm. So it, it, it's kind of that 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 sense of allowing the Lord to take control of things that we can't control. Wow, that really speaks to me now. With our our last guest, your friend Megan, who talked about that book, makes me want to read it now. Just just to let things be. Do you find yourself doing that, Jacob? Like to like let go of the things you can't control and like find freedom and like letting it be in life. Yeah, I wish I was even better at that than I am, but... Like, you I, can't control, like, the time days when things are due or, like, when you got to be somewhere, but... Yeah, you can't control, you know, things that other people control, you know. You can't control how people are going to act. You can't control when they're going to make your deadlines, you know. You just kind of have to go with it. Mm. And it sounds like you're such a, a hopeful young man, and, like, I, I love how you live life without worry. Like, when you mentioned in your early life saying... uh no, I didn't worry too much about moving all the time because really it all worked out perfectly. I was already in a transition. And uh, when I came here, I just knew that I liked to try engineering and I knew that I liked where I am at UCAT. And uh, it sounds, I, I love your positivity in life. And, and as you're moving forward, this is a question we, we ask a lot of people is well, what, what gives you hope that everything's going to be okay, that there's no need to worry? What gives you hope? I guess just all the past experiences, like I definitely worried so much more in like high school and stuff than I did now just the past experience of seeing all of that work out all right I have proof that like I have proof that like it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. so how about I just trust in that a little bit more because I know if I try to control it myself it's all just gonna fall to shambles or not go how I plan anyway so I think it's a beautiful way to look at it when when you look at the past experiences that you did worry about and you think like wow all those things that I had anxieties over did any of it ever actually happen? Like, and here I am, here we are sitting here, like of all the things that have kept us up at night and think we've made mistakes or, or messed up. Beautiful. Well, we can just kind of chill. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, the, it's a ser- serenity prayer. Yeah, bottom line. You, you know, it's it's all there. It's like, yeah, what can I change? And, I, I, and the other thing is like, the only person that I can change is myself, right? We can't change other people. And yeah, the, that line is there. So how am I going to get there? You know, I have this big paper. Yeah, it's going to be big. That's not going to change. And, and, like, how can I? I remember one time I was in the seminary. I was really overwhelmed. And this priest, my spirit director, said, write everything that you have to do in the paper. So I did this whole list. And I said, okay, now I want you to say how much time you're going to need for each one of those. And then he said, now I want you to get the five things that are going to be least time-consuming. At least it's out of your list, you oh. know. And sometimes it's just like that simple email that you have to to change, and you feel good because whew, one thing out of my list. Yeah. And then you go through all that stuff, and it's like, okay, so it's not that bad. Mm. And a lot of times, is we are more like afraid of the things, what we think the things going to be, rather than the things actually are. Mm. You know, and just go through the list, and then like, hey, yeah, this I can't do, this I can't do right now, but 
go through the lease and that's a pretty proper way to look at it how the things they're going to be but not how or not how they're going to be but how they are right now yes what a not what do you think they're going to be but how they actually going to be so. wow what a beautiful way to look at things for 30,000 feet well as we think about life and, and all of our anxieties and worries and <laughs> that everything's going to be okay uh, uh jacob i want to say thank you for being a guest yeah thank you for having on us on the show today so thank you to our guest jacob Ageli, is that did I get that right? Yeah, I it. <laughs> and thank you to our uh, Father Javon as well for always providing insight. Uh, and we just kind of find hope in, in that serenity prayer, which we, we can all, all, all look up and find find hope and, and peace in that. Uh, thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We hope you just enjoyed what you heard today, felt uh, some type of, of connection, like you've been there before uh, and been in those shoes. A special thank you to Jim Chandler, who does a lot with our show. And remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen, and this is Belonging on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio. <laughs>